Call me Ishmael. <laughs> I'm Zach. I'm Riff. I'm Jim. And I'm Kevin. It's time for another episode of Video Games Hot Dog. Episode 214? Maybe? Yes. 213 was the last one. It was unlucky. Guys, how you been? Isn't double unlucky uh, just wrap wrap back around to lucky again? Like 26? Sure. I think of 26 as being just as unlucky. It's a rut 13 operation. Shit, my age, my current age is a multiple of 13. Oh, shit. Rats. Wait, so that's... He's 13. 3X. Yeah. That's that's <laughs> unlucky again. Yeah, I think so. What? Hmm. Hmm. So it's unlucky, then lucky at 2X. So twenty. I feel like 26 is a pretty good year for a lot of people. Yep. 27's rough for famous musicians, at least. Yeah. Well, full disclosure, I drank four glasses of iced tea at dinner today, so I'm definitely not going to be here for the whole podcast. Okay. Even because you're going to have to go uh, do some backflips. At the yes, park next yeah, door to, to, to burn off all that extra energy. Right. And spray urine everywhere. <laughs> oh, it's a urine thing. <laughs> well, you know. Hmm. Normally, I take a break while you guys are talking about video games or some bullshit I don't care about. Uh, I drank too much before oh, yeah? this podcast. I think it's going to be a real shit show. So you drink some sake and now you're drinking a bunch of whiskey. Mm-hmm. Our sushi took a really long time. Well, I guess it took him a long time to cook it, huh? <laughs> Whoa. Uh, although you guys got stuff they had to cook. Yes, that's true. A gyoza and yep. such. How you been? Okay. This is good. It's, good. it's a good life. Yeah. You know, game dev, <laughs> getting paid to make weird troll games. Tell us about that. I don't know. But not too much. Yeah. Um, you don't want to uh, up the did, jig. Did I, did I talk about... Uh, Tim Ambrogi playtesting at PAX? No. So, I didn't even understand that sentence. Okay. Break it down for Tim us. Tim Ambrogi is a friend of mine. He, oh. he uh, was the lead programmer of Jamestown. Okay. Um, and he's been a friend. Like, I've known him since, like, he was in fifth grade and I was in eighth. And there's a long story there. That's a, but I'll tell that story some other time. Or maybe we'll have Tim guest and he'll tell the story because he tells it better than I do. Or you can just listen to the Zachtronics podcast where he tells the story. Oh, yeah. that was. You could just do that. Wait, I think he fucked it up on that podcast. That's possible. So anyway. maybe he tells it worse than you. Okay. Maybe we yeah. could have him on this podcast to give him a second chance to tell the story, and you can say, hey, don't fuck it up this time, Tim. Yeah. I bet that'll help. Shape up, Tim. Uh, so Tim playtested Frog Fractions, the first one, Okay. In during GDC That's of the technical full name of the game, right? Frog Fractions, the first one. <laughs> the first one, one yeah. <laughs> I knew there would be sequels. Um, and... Uh, he gave me feedback, which, uh, immediately and trivially made the game what it is. Oh, like, wow. But when it, the, the version he played had a tutorial in it. Oh. Um, and he, uh. He said, skip that jump. Well, he just didn't read any of it. He just didn't read the text. He says, like, I'm busy playing the game. I can't read this text. Um, and then he told me the experience of playing the game without reading the text was amazing. I see. And so, um, as a result, I removed the tutorial for like, and that, that took like, it was, I just commented out some lines of code and in, in, like in, in a minute and the next play tester show, I showed him that version. Um, and it, it, that, that was, that was like the, the, the major turning point that made that game, I think. Wow. And so I wasn't like consciously 
expecting the same thing, but I think my lizard brain was like, oh man, Tim's going to just give me the advice that makes <laughs> this game in, in, in no time flat. Um, and he gave me a whole bunch of like really cogent, well thought out advice, like about important stuff. It's all really hard to act on. Mm. And I'm, I've just been like, since then I've just been processing and like, how am I going to, how am I going to do all this stuff within the constraints I have? You need a, You need a new Tim. You need a new, like, yeah. Do you guys know a Tim Kleenex tester or whatever? T- <laughs> uh, what? You use them once and then you throw them away. Okay. Oh. All right. Yeah. I thought you meant they'd be like folded up in a box that when you pull out one, another one pops out. That that would also be pretty useful. Uh, so I've just been processing that and like trying to trying to solve this design problem in my head. Do you ever have a problem with the danger of accidentally saying whatever the the name of the game is actually going to be? Yeah, that okay. that I think that might have happened once. Okay. Whoa! <laughs> I'm not going to say where. Good. Okay. Good. <laughs> You know it though? Uh yeah. Well, actually no. I there's a working title that might not end up being the ship's title. Blue Harvest. <laughs> Soylent Green. <laughs> Blue Stinger, and it came out ages ago for the Dreamcast. But yeah, I actually like Seaman. <laughs> it's it's, uh, it's out already, guys. It's on the Dreamcast. Shower with your dad simulator 2015. Oh, man. I've been, I've been talking to the guy who, uh, a machine for dads. who made that. It's, it's been pretty entertaining. We've been like emailing back and forth at all the people, like, like, there's Assuming. a, what was I again? <laughs> Assuming that that's, yeah, yeah, too. yeah. That's, that's been tremendously entertaining. You need to just never release. I mean, you need to continue to have not even started working on Frog Fractions 2 so that you can just enjoy this. Like, eventually somebody will say, is this Frog Fractions 2? And you'll just say, yep. <laughs> like Nailed it. And meanwhile, you've just been drinking Mai Tais with that Kickstarter money the oh, entire man. time. You know, if, if, if only I had thought of that a year and a half ago. See, I wish you'd met me earlier. Yeah, it would have made life much easier. I wonder if there's anybody working on... Frog Fractions the, clones hoping to to release before you do so that they can say it's Frog Fractions. I, I feel like that's kind of what Shower With Your Dad Simulator is to some extent. Um, because it's certainly playing up the connection. There's a minigame in it called Dad Divisions <laughs> that has a similar like reach out. You're, like the, the, you're reaching up to catch falling dads with your arm and the arm animation looks a lot like the tongue animation in Frog Fractions. Um, yeah, but you wouldn't do that. No, I wouldn't. And yeah, so no, I mean, no, like, and this is that's like definitely homage and not like pretense. Yeah, people like almost every time someone asks me if something is Frog Fractions too, it's because it's a weird game, right? And like, this is something I made clear in the Kickstarter. Like, it's not going to look like a weird game. That uh, that would be that would be too obvious. So. I'm so excited, Jim. (laughs) Yeah, I've been, I feel like I've talked about this in the podcast before. I've certainly talked about it a lot to people in general that I am so enamored with this, the time period we're in right now, um, that if I felt like I could get away with never shipping something, uh, I would. The post-punk renaissance. 
it's just the idea that like now is like now is the time like grad of school of anti- of anticipation and of jokes mm-hmm. and of like and, and as soon as people find the thing that's all over mm. like and it, it's like almost inevitable that it will be disappointing yes right definitely like once it once the waveform collapses right and, and it's no longer the the weirdest thing in everyone's imagination right. it is just what it is right and like my my goal is to make it good enough that it doesn't retroactively ruin the anticipation i bet you can do it no pressure i you know i'm pretty happy with what i have right now good i'm pretty happy with it that's a sign that you're not really doing creative work. Do <laughs> <laughs> you guys want to do some listeners' mails, or do you have any other anecdotes to share? Mm-hmm. Evan writes, Kevin, are you leveraging the Word Realms dictionary for your puzzle stuffs? Mm, sort of. Not really. We have some tools that hit it for some stuff, but yeah, there's nothing special about it. I figured the Word Realms dictionary is just the word dictionary that you guys use for all the that sip the the puzzle the word puzzles in Kingdom of Loathing that must exist. Uh, there really aren't that many word puzzles in Kingdom of Loathing. Yeah, oh. there's a lot of like well, word transformation that dictionary. Uh, yeah, I guess I could be using it more potentially for different things. There's not a lot of call for it though, right? I mean, when you're constructing these things, it's not like. I don't know. I use it a lot when I discover the solution to one of your puzzles, and then I want to come up with, like, the weirdest or the most misleading word that also technically fits. Coins. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that was just... I used Wikipedia for that. There are a lot of weird cars in the world. (laughs) Sam says, Well, it sounds like being an indie dev is a good way to make no money. It seems like every indie dev lives in San Francisco or the Northwest. What about it draws indie devs despite the high cost of living? I mean, the ones you've heard of live in expensive places. I think a lot of it is that they used to have tech jobs. Or they still do have tech jobs. Or they still do have tech jobs. A lot of of them are. If if they aren't actively working like a full-time job, they are taking contract gigs to sort of fund their indie game development. Yeah. And also, I mean, you want to be where the scene is, right? Yeah. Uh, Well, there there are... There's a bunch of little scenes. There are a bunch of scenes in Austin. There's... Toronto has a really good thriving yeah. indie game. There's a smallish one in Phoenix. Yeah. Uh, Seattle. LA. Glitch City. Yeah. yeah, that's true. But I mean, those little cloisters that we're talking about are like eight people, you know? Depends. I mean, I feel like there's those are the those are the sort of well-known outspoken ones, but there's a lot of other sort of just one and two person shops that are just working in their apartments or yeah, coffee shops. I think or the overwhelming majority of games that are in development right now are in bedrooms in towns you've never heard of. Yeah. Uh, Jolly Red Giant says, for the last two years, I've held a party where we vote through a 64 bracket of cool geek stuff. Best movie and best villain have been done. My question is, how would I go about putting this idea and how I go about organizing it into the world for others to enjoy? I'm not looking to make money off of this. There must be a website already that is just brackets brackets. have you considered going to brackets.com have you considered typing http colon slash slash left bracket right bracket dot left bracket right bracket into your browser and see what happens and if it says this domain is for sale buy it and then put up this app as a way that you can 
let people put things into brackets. A TLD that's just a bracket. Just left bracket, bracket right bracket. Yep. Umbridge Liker writes, For what it's worth, people being mean about things they don't like saved me from reading Ready Player One and probably getting really mad. Well, for what it's worth, eat a butt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Naked Jew says, The common name for the game Rift called Canes is Kent. Ah, okay. Okay. I think there's... I don't think there's anything wrong with criticizing something. It's more like... What you were complaining about, I think, is just going on rants and and being like just being an asshole to people who likes who like a thing that's right yeah. oh hey i want to thank uh listener ken who uh, sent me a box filled with magic cards and had a couple of commander decks in them uh, oh, wow. because he was getting out of magic and getting rid of some of his stuff and he decided that to, that he would uh, give me the gift of two cool commander decks i have a i have a play date next week to play some commander magic I'll let uh, you guys know. How are you going to thanks, Ken? Use those just whole cloth, or yeah. you going to modify? I them? mean, I think because I believe that they are pre-constructed by Wizards of the Coast to be commander decks. They were like oh, pre-sold whoa. commander decks that they made, um, huh. and so I imagine that they are tuned to at least be fun to play. Dog, dog, yes says, "What is the oldest book you've read? Not the oldest story, but literally the oldest physical book." Hmm. Define read. Like I've, I have a bunch of books that have been in my family for 60 or 70 years that I have at least leafed through and read portions of. When did they invent paperbacks? Huh? That's an excellent question. I don't know that I've ever seen a paperback book from before, like the forties. That's what I was thinking too. Like I've definitely read a paperback from the forties. I don't know if, I don't know if I can say I've gone earlier than that. I have a copy of a book that my great great grandfather wrote in the nineteen zero zeros, but I did not read it. I kind of flipped through it, and then I there it was reprinted, and I bought a copy of it and read it right that way. I remember going to the library as a child and checking out over and over again books about like stage magic. That were from mm. the fifties. Uh, those, those are great. I used to sit around. There was a really good, uh, like musty old used bookstore down the street from me, and I used to just go in there and sit and read old magic manuals. I have uh, I've read through all of the the first dozen or so uh, MIT yearbooks. So that's mm. like literal books from the eighteen eighties. Mm. Oh wow, that's interesting. Yeah, I think you win. Yeah, probably. I've got I've got an old Dante's Inferno and an old uh, Thousand One Arabian Nights, but I I couldn't tell you what the dates are on them offhand. Hmm. Well, good questions, guys. Have you been playing any video games, any of you? Uh, I have only been playing Pokemon and the Assignment, but I did play a card game. What was the card game, Riff? Uh, it is called Say Bye to the Villains. Uh, it's a game where... B-Y-E? Yes, yeah, B-Y-E. Say goodbye to the villains. Okay. Um, is it a 64 bracket where you have to decide which villain <laughs> is the worst and then they get voted off the island? It's a game where you... It's a cooperative card game where you're taking the roles of, I guess, Edo period Japan people who are undercover 
assassins, like ninjas. And there are a number of enemy targets equal to the number of players. And so you've got like your combat stats for your characters and you can see the combat, what the combat stats on the, on the targets are. But the targets also have a number of face down cards representing like bodyguards that they might have or traps that might be wherever they hide out or whatever. So you don't really know what their stats are or are going to be. So the, the gameplay is that you've got a hand of cards and some, uh, some minor abilities that are always available that you're using to buff your stats and look at the, uh, the, the face down opponent's cards. And sometimes you can flip the cards over so that everybody can see them, but often you can only peek at them yourself and you're not allowed to give the other players concrete information about your cards or the face down cards you've seen. You can only talk about them abstractly. Like you can't say, I've seen a card that gives that guy plus five speed, but you can say that guy is faster than he looks. And you have 10 units of time to spend on your cards and abilities. And when you've run out of time, uh, personally, you have to choose which one of the targets you're going to be going after. And then you're sort of out of play for a while until everybody has run out of time and chosen their targets. And then you flip over any, any of the cards that are still face down and see what the target's stats actually are. And you only win the game if every single target is killed and none of the assassins are killed. So it's super difficult, but it's really interesting to play. Is every iteration, is every dealing of it uh, winnable? Um, or is, I it, don't, is it ambiguous? I don't know. It's, uh, I'd say it's ambiguous. I think probably, but probably there are deals where you would need... In order to ensure that it's winnable, you would ne- you would need information that you're not going to have. Okay. How do you feel about games where, like, what's that firework game, Hanabi? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's related where in some way. I think it, it might be. And part of the rules is that you know things that other players don't know, but you're not allowed to explicitly tell them things. So that's one where they get to see your hand, but you yeah. so you're playing sort of blind. Oh, that's it seems to like institutionalize a conversation about what counts as cheating. <laughs> well, it's sort of it's I'd, to avoid the problem where if everybody can if everybody knows what everybody has, then you get the situation where one of the players just takes over and tells everybody else what to do. Right, but I mean, I you know that this guy has a plus purpose. five speed. You just say, oh, this guy is really, 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 really fast. <laughs> I had gotten the impression that, like, Hanabi specifically deliberately leaves the, uh, what you can say rules, um, up to the players. Up to the, yeah, like, you need to just come up with a set of house rules for what's okay. The, the absolute worst part of the last games of Hanabi that I played were, two people with different sets of house rules about yeah. Hanabi arguing Uh-oh. about the ways in which we were trying to have fun playing mm-hmm. this game. Yep. 
and I... Having only ever played it with a group of people that had never played it before, so there were no preconceptions, it seemed fun and fine. Yeah. I mean, we were playing it, like, with some children, and... Oh, wow. Right. I mean, you were there. I wasn't playing it, though. The first time we oh, played. Oh, the first time. Yeah, it was yeah. at your frat brother's house with his, like, him and his kids. Right. And that was fun. Yeah. I almost wish that there was a rule that you couldn't speak. Hmm. Right? If you're going to do that, like... Make it a game of charades. It, yeah, it seems see. like the sort of game you just can't play with somebody who's going to go super rules lawyery on it. You have to you have to be playing with people who are playing it for fun and, yeah, and I think we've actually win or die. I wish I remember the episode number, but we talked about this when I brought up uh David Serlin's podcast about um like he had a whole episode on that podcast of how to design cooperative ga- information in cooperative game information hiding in cooperative games. Um and complaining that like he basically can't play those games because he is a, a huge rules lawyer mm. and he'll just like oh yeah i'll just come up with a way to to indirectly say like no matter how precise the rules get you can still indirectly say what you're trying to say just you have to make it more and more convoluted just demonstrating that that guy is possessed of an incredible understanding of and talent for games and how to make them not fun. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. It just seems like any way, any way you can get across specific information, even if it doesn't seem like that on the surface, that would still be out. Right. Like me, like your example of this guy is really, 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 really fast. That if if the other players understand that as meaning five fast, then you've still communicated five fast, and that's but even though you said point. really six times. Did I, so this did is I getting complicated. Well, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but did you uh, did you win point. any of the games that you played, Riff? Uh, we only played one one round of that uh, before trying some other games, but no, we lost. We we got about I think we had six players and we won two lost two had a double kill which was counted as a failure and then one a was a a no kill which in that specific instance was counted as a success because that particular targets that particular target was revealed to have a card that if you if she dies it's counted as a loss. Like the, this, this, this target has turned out secretly to be a good guy. So don't kill her. Oh wow! Yeah, that's kind of neat. Yeah, it was really interesting. What is the game called again? Uh, say bye to the villains. Okay. What about you, Kevin? You played any video games? Uh, I've not really played anything new. I played. Um through the new content in Bad Piggies. There's a new passel of levels there. Did they add any new little machine parts to stick onto your pig planes? Uh, I don't know that there's anything that's really new. They added some mechanics that are new. There's like dark levels. So I guess there's a light there's a light bulb now that you can use to light up. Eventually area. you hit the limits of sort of Newtonian physics to simulate. Right? I guess, yeah. Uh, there is, there is one level, like one objective on the sort of last challenge level that I have not been able to beat. It is the set of parts that you get is so restricted 
and the objectives are so difficult to reach that I'm having a really hard time. I have I have a craft that sort of I can sort of get where I want to go kind of, but it relies on a lot of the physics working out in my favor. Mm. Uh, and it so I'm just having to sort of iterate through and just keep trying it over and over again. I guess eventually they add like some sort of programmable block and then bad piggies becomes Turing complete. Right? Oh, that'd be good. Except for it'd have to have an infinite construction area. But yeah. Well, you just have to be good at designing computers. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Given uh, significant constraints. Yeah, that's that's basically it. Besides the assignment, that's uh, that's basically all I played. Well, gosh, what about you, Jim? When that guy brought up the bra- the brackets of geek stuff, yeah, I was thinking that like like it would be oh Darth Vader versus a D twelve, <laughs> just like oh like that's that a tough XKD, comparison XKCD or, comic. Oh yeah, yeah, like that, or, or like a, I mean yeah. that one was funny because they were all jokes about things that kind of sounded the yeah, same, true. which is my favorite kind of joke. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and actually, that after you do sixty four of those brackets of like categories you could actually just throw them all into one big pile you think yeah I, I think that would be an interesting one to do and after 64 you'll certainly be tired of like the the uh what what you've already been doing you'll want to try something new what i would be interested to see is if you just if you just did take the 64 th- like words that nerds are most likely to say on the internet right so, so you end up the, like, the nerd word cloud no not you know you'd obviously do a little bit of pairing but it's like bacon yeah. flying spaghetti monster whatever I, you then randomize the pa- you randomize the pairings and you like a b c d e f g you have an alphabet that is 64 times 63 <laughs> long and you you just that test it on a huge population then what does that say? Like, do you, like, you then have these rankings uh-huh. of how many possible pairings, how many possible brackets of each of these things won. And it would be interesting to see, is there a way to arrange these things where every single one of them, even the shittiest one, will ultimately Bubbles win a popular uh-huh. vote just because of the way that, the way that the comparisons line up? It would have to be, like, the the, the shittiest one would still have to be better when directly compared with six others or whatever, right? Right, but you don't... It doesn't have to be better than all of them, no, right? No, no, It no. just has to be better than the ones that it ends up against. Right. So they're like... They're, but you have to. You can't have something that would lose every single pairing. You can't. I guess that's true. You'd end up with some... There would definitely be cases where the thing that would... There is a thing that would have come in second... Except it lost its first round. Right. Right. You would end up with a lot of those. And I guess, I guess there is no pairing in which it does not ultimately come up against that thing. Well, no, there is because maybe there are things that would beat that, right? The thing that it would have come in first to in a two item bracket would have been beaten by something else. In terms of building the, the data set, um, I looked at my swipe dictionary once which is the the words that I have added to swipe. And it okay. was actually a really interesting set of words. Like this is these are the words that are unique to me and not in the standard dictionary. Yeah. So it was it was a combination of like jargon and weird specific slang. And and I actually did a train hot dog about this. There was also the word drabts. D R A B T Z. Huh. 
and I, the, the train hot dog was me trying to figure out what that word means and why it's in my dictionary. Mm-hmm. No outcome, like no satisfying outcome. Like I've you're I, talking I, like we I still didn't have all no listen idea. to this. Did did you listen to this episode? I didn't. I didn't think anybody listened to that show, that series. No, I. It's the most. It's the jewel of the hot dog network. It is network. the jewel. It is the precious jewel. The precious, precious jewel <laughs> of the hot dog network. It's the specialist. I, I want to. Can you get me like telemetry on how many downloads each? Yes. Episode? I, I'm really curious. Can we? Can we yes. do that? Yeah. I would, I mean, talk right, about it. Talk about it. Talk right about now. a video game. It can All be right. right now, we can fucking point. talk about video games. I've been playing Dark Souls. Okay. You've been doing your streams. I've been doing my streams. Um, I fiddled with DS Fix and got my frame rate back to where it was a year ago. So it's not like two frames a second anymore. It's more like ten. Two frames a second is almost like Twitch plays Dark Souls levels. Uh, it, right? It's more. Well, it's more like turn-based yeah 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 um it was it was really aggravating but also like easier than it should have been because i could think a lot about my every move oh, okay um so like if you want to skip those two episodes where like i spend four hours in sen's fortress but it's actually more like probably in real time it would have been an hour so um, you aged four hours and the Dark character aged, aged one hour. Aged one hour, yeah. Um, so they were traveling faster than you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Relativistic speeds. Yeah. yeah um, I I, uh, I made it through Sen's Fortress. I got to Anor Londo. Uh, and Riff, it's mm-hmm. interesting that you stopped after Sen's Fortress because the world was all dark and dreary because... And Orlando is uh, like the first beautiful place in the game. Yeah, I, I've I've watched uh, let's plays of it since then. Okay, it, okay. And Orlando is is nice, but I feel like it's mainly nice because of the architecture and everything is still basically kind of gray. That's true. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's certainly not br- well. It's it's bright. It's lit brightly, but it's not brightly colored. No. And I've I don't know. I've been. Running around in there, not sure where to go next. It's, and Orlando is like the first time in the game where, like, instead of having a thousand ways I can go and almost all of them are wrong, there's just like no obvious ways to go. Mm-hmm. So I think I might be like early on in that region. But yeah, Dark Souls is like, it's, I'm sure this has been said, but, and, and I, I haven't figured out how to quantify this or why it is, but Dark Souls has like one of the widest skill gaps of any game I can think of in terms of like how good you are when you start playing versus how good you are when you, uh, when you're done with an area. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's really satisfying and, and they certainly like when you, when you backtrack over the same region and you deal with the enemies that used to be difficult and now are trivial to you, not because you've leveled up, but because you're so much better at the game, hmm. it definitely makes it obvious that that's the case. All right, Jim, I've gotten you this data fresh from Podtrax servers. <laughs> the wait operation timed out. Oh, nice stack trace. Yeah. I could read this whole... That would be an episode of Train Up. It would be, yeah. This whole, <laughs> you want me this to, whole stack do you want me to copy to paste this into an email to you? <laughs> All right. The how is the how the is first, train hot dog doing episode of the train first rider mail. <laughs> yeah. So uh, 
I guess PodTrack is uh, having some trouble with their servers. That's that's cool. I'll, 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 I'll see that data someday. You know, every time I go to send you something, I come very, very close to sending it to my handyman. Well, uh, who would be mystified by literally anything that I would ever like. <laughs> he would not know how to interpret anything about any email I have ever sent you. Yeah, that's hilarious. You should definitely do that. Send it to him. Yeah. Hey, here we go. All right, train hot dog. Seventeen episodes. Uh huh. Well, more episodes. So this just shows downloads, not actual consumption of the podcasts. Yes. Episode eight, extremely popular. You can you can scroll around and look. That's interesting. What about? All right. So these are like in the in the high two figures. Yeah. <laughs> wow. It's the jewel. It's the jewel. And and episode eight, three hundred and twenty-two downloads. It, I, it's the sugars and the fats at the top of the pyramid. <laughs> what what episode was episode eight? Episode eight might have been the one that the link was busted or something. So it got oh, so like all the download attempts were counted or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I don't know. This this uh, these guys are these guys are weird about the way that the stat tracking works. Yeah, what was the Dropsy the Clown linked to one of the one of the train hot dog episodes. I think it was like fourteen. Yeah, fourteen. Fourteen is definitely like two or three times as many downloads as that's really as funny to me. Yeah. That game's out soon. Yeah, like tomorrow, I think. Yeah. I played a little bit of the beta and it's really good. Cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. What do you play that on, Riff? Like a computer? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> oh, speaking of stuff we should promote before it's too late, um, Gary Butterfield is doing a Kickstarter. Yeah, he is. Oh, yeah. Do you think we're gonna, will this episode come out before that ends? Uh, when does that end? I, I think it's like six days. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, no, yeah. I'll publish this tomorrow. Yeah. Okay, cool. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's, he's got doing like eleven a, days left. Oh, okay. There's plenty of time then. I could have waited a, a week and still been fine. Uh, he's doing a Kickstarter for a uh, a Worlds of Power style book about Dark Souls. Worlds of Power is like the the novelizations of Nintendo games from the late eighties. I'm amazed they about I never kids? ran into these. Yeah, I didn't either. I totally it seems I like read it a bunch have been of them right up my alley, but I was oh, yeah. never exposed to them. Yeah, they were. I mean, nine year old me loved them, but I, I looking back, they must have been terrible. Were they about like kids getting sucked into Nintendo games? I, I think they Apparently varied. So. A lot of them were just straight up. Uh, maybe most of them were just straight up novelizations of the story. Okay. So like the Blaster Master one would like started with the kid losing his frog and then finding the tank. And then I think the tank had an AI that, that kept like misusing words in really implausible ways. Like I remember there being this thing where one of the wall, one of the, the tank talks about how like a region is eliminated. And the, the protagonist said, oh, I think you mean illuminated. And that's <laughs> just a, a very weird mistake for a, a, a foreigner, like learning a, a second language to make. Hmm. It's got some sort of vowel blindness. Yeah, that might have been it. Anyway, those books were definitely a part of my history. Yeah, if you want to get pumped for... You've got 11 days, you can get pumped for this Kickstarter by ordering one of those books from eBay. I bet it's pretty good. Gary's a funny man. 
Gary is funny. And yeah. he knows a lot about Dark Souls, and yeah. he knows a lot about making jokes. So yeah. I feel like a guy who's a funny man writing a jokes book about Dark Souls, you can't get... You can't get more qualified for that job than one Gary. Yeah, he's uh, Aloysius Butterfield. <laughs> he's he's right up, right in there. He's going to be good at it. He he found a really good artist to do the illustrations too. Yeah, yeah, that stuff looks great. And uh, another Kickstarter of uh, video games taco fame, mm. uh, mm-hmm. Clash of the Titans. Oh yeah, they're doing they're doing a a fundraising drive so they can afford hosting stuff and maybe doing some funky additional kinds of shows and travel expenses if things go really well that kind of thing so yeah how is that doing uh they had they had reached their funding goal and were like two or three times over last i saw i remember the funding goal being extremely low it was like 300 bucks or something it was just it was just like one year of like hosting and yeah they've got like uh, just over three times their goal with nine days left. Okay. Okay. Clash of the Type Ends. And what's Gary's one's called? Souls uh, of Darkness. Souls of Darkness. Souls of Darkness, yeah. Click on the hyperlink that's hovering near your right ear. Oh my god! <laughs> get it away, get away. There? Just, what's the sound of me f- swatting at my ear? <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Oh, that was good, right? Anyway, those are the games I've been playing. I played a... Do you guys remember hearing about the uh, Star Wars Battle Pod arcade experience thing? That what, what? When was this? Six months ago? No. They were announced? Um, they are these giant... You walk inside basically a very small building um, huh. in an arcade, and it is like this sort of like immersive Star Wars game. And I found one at an arcade on the boardwalk in in Santa Cruz, California, over Labor Day weekend. And I went down there on a little trip. And they were selling these. You could buy one for your house. And they were selling it for like $100,000 or $110,000 or $120,000. And man, would I be pissed if I had paid like a house worth of money. (laughs) like Or like a nine houses in Detroit worth of money for this thing. So you, you, you step inside it and it is like, it seems like maybe it was meant to be a thing where an arcade would buy two of them and they could hook them up to go head to head because it's sort of like a hemisphere on its side that you step into. And it's like, you know, it's bigger than like a photo booth, but it's that scale of thing. Like, Two or three people could stand up inside it, and there's one like a parent could sit next to it, could stand next to a child who was who was sitting in the seat and playing it. And it has a wraparound projection screen that's projected from above you. And if you had shown me a capture of the footage of this game and said this was the Star Wars trilogy arcade game from 10, 12 years ago that there's one of in like two thirds of remaining arcades. I would have believed you because it's like their reach sort of exceeded their grasp tech wise because the screen is so big that the resolution is terrible, even though it's probably really expensive. And 
So I played the the sort of you should have done a jumbotron type thing where there's like a hundred screens all like stacked in a grid. Yeah, they could have just done a bunch of retina monitors or whatever, and and like I feel like you could have done a better job of this display with like a thousand dollar computer. It's weirdly, it is weirdly bad. Yeah, the experience the experience is strange too because you can't see everything at once. And so I was a couple minutes in before I realized, oh, these different things that I'm seeing have like titles that are, I just had to look up to see the title over what I'm looking at, like menu navigation and stuff. And played the easy one, which is like the, the Yavin trench run, right? Like it's just like be an X-wing attacking the Death Star, which I'm like, I want to do that. That's cool. It starts out, you're like, on the surface in the hangar and you like sort of lift up and it's like, whoa, this is pretty cool. And it's like, all right, push the throttle forward to like go through this gate and take off. And like you fly out and you see the trees and then you fly up through the clouds and you're in space. Like, whoa, that was pretty cool. Like it was, you know, there's, it vibrates and the sound is really loud and like you can't not be seeing out the cockpit because it's just everywhere in your field of vision. And then it's like, all right, time to go attack the Death Star. And then it just kind of like, fades to black and then you're uh, flying towards the a flat plane of like the death star like they they mm. didn't do the part where you see the death star uh. as a sphere and then get close to it uh. probably because they just couldn't figure out how to manage that scale transition right uh. but like that was super super disappointing that it's like all right it was cool that we took off out of the hangar and got to like take off from a planet in an X-wing and then be in space. That was pretty neat. But then, all right, Death Star showing up. Oh, hey, uh, sorry, you fell asleep for a minute, Red Five. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's cool, we got you. And then it's just like a rail shooter. Okay, yeah. And I don't really know if the throttle was doing anything. I don't like it. And it's possible that it, in the easy mode version of it, there's just less going on. Like it just. Man, it was a really this like the idea of like paying for one of these to have and play all the time. I remember hearing a story about someone who bought the six player X-Men arcade cabinet to like to have in their house. And he had a bunch of friends over and they played it once and then he never touched it again. Yeah, that's typically what happens when you buy an arcade cabinet. <laughs> well, I, I would imagine like it's it's worse for games that like are content based. Yeah, which happens more the newer they get, right? Right. The X-Men six-player game, I have a feeling, is very much like that because it just there's it's, just levels and then you play them. It's probably half an hour long and you see yeah. all the art and yep. that's it. Right. Uh, but So I haven't actually checked this out, but I heard from the people who, who, who uh, used the Vive at PAX that that experience is really impressive. What is mm-hmm. that? In terms of... In terms of installation VR, it's Valve's VR, oh, right? right? Okay. Yeah, and that's something that, like, I was I was just assuming because, like, it's it's a room you have to walk into, that it was not something you could have in your house. But apparently, there's apparently it'll be expensive, but something you actually can install at home. Uh, but my not having played it again, like the thing that impressed me about it that I heard was that it's good enough that they will uh, run a program where you are standing above a large drop and people will not be willing to step off of the platform. <laughs> um, it's HTC's VR. I think it's, I think it's bo- also Valve. Is it? I think it's both. 
It's got something to do with Valve, I, I'm pretty sure. Okay, yeah, Valve and HTC's vibe, okay. Yeah. Uh, and and that effect, like, you don't get used to it. The, the, you never <coughs> suddenly become willing to step off the platform. There's a couple of games for it that uh, should be at XOXO, I think. Really? Nice. Yeah. Mm. As long as HTC was able to, like, they had not yet actually gotten any, um, <coughs> like, dev kits to demo the games, because they're apparently in short supply. Um, but somebody at HTC reached out to them, so we'll see if that happens. So we might be able to report firsthand. That would be great. Uh, next week. Maybe. At the very least, we will probably have played something cool. Sure. It's, uh, XOXO last year made me really like games again for a while. Where's that based? That's in Portland. Yeah. Okay. It is for internet people from 10 years ago. So we're right <laughs> at home there. There you go. To sit around being twee and smug. I wonder if we could meet the Homestar Runner people there. Oh, well, maybe. Twee and smug. I think smug they're busy with their real two, jobs now. Two of the famous yeah, Homestar Runner side characters. <laughs> right. To two of the dwarves. Yeah. <laughs> um, I played another. I played an iOS game called Mano War, which is a fairly. It's it is a very simple but pretty interesting and novel just physics puzzle game where you're basically like rocking these boats back and forth and they're kind of like marble mazes uh, where you're trying to get cannonballs into cannons and every time you get one in there you can then tap to fire it and that causes all of the other cannonballs that are on flat surfaces to jump so that's a way of moving them up through platforms and it's just a bunch of like order of operations puzzles and like sort of light physics puzzle kind of thing but it's you know it was a thing that I hadn't seen before and it was pretty cool. And that's it. Beyond the assignment. Dun, dun, dun. Lara Croft, go. La- Laura? I think it's Lara. 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 It's not Laura. It's not Lara. It, like a Lara bar. Lara. Lara or Laura. Lara, Lara. Like a loaf Laura. of compressed dates. M- Mary, Mary, and Mary. Yeah? Three okay. different words. Yeah, apparently people from, like, the West Coast pronounce them all the same. I'm going to marry Mary, and we will be Mary. I can't tell if you're from the West Coast. Yeah, I can't either. <laughs> I'm on the West Coast. <laughs> Fuck. Rats. We'll never know, guys. Kevin can't hear, hear the difference between between pen and pin. Yep. Pen and pen and pin? Tint and tent. You can't hear it, or you can't he say I, it? He thinks I'm fucking with him. He can't, he can't perceive it. And it's fine. We're not making fun of him. It's a thing. It's, yeah, like, to me... I believe you that you are saying something different, but it is—it just sounds like this. What was it? Also, there's That's the kit. There's the kit bit split and the and the and the meat met merger. <laughs> we learned about we learned about these on the previous podcast. Clearly, not very well, but no. <laughs> well, there's the well wheel. It's black. It's black. So this this video game, yeah, it's, it's, what Riff, You can't tell the difference between the words "splack" and "merger." <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty good video game. Laura, Lara, I, I enjoyed it. Lara Bargo, I like it so much. Yeah, yep. So it's by, it's fun. It's by the Square Enix Montreal folks that did Hitman Go. I found Hitman Go <clears throat> to be completely inscrutable. 
I never achieved even a basic understanding of the rules of the interactions of the various objects. I never had any idea what any of the mans were going to do when I hit them. This, for some reason, just did a better job of teaching me how a the systems worked. The, the problems were like environmental instead of dudes and the dudes that there were were often stationary <laughs> like the snakes basically didn't move maybe it's a failure of my ability to empathize with other humans that when the enemies <laughs> in a game are humans with autonomy i just don't know what to do right maybe i actually thought about this maybe my problem with hitman go was just learned helplessness about stealth games <laughs> mm. And because, like, I think, oh, a stealth game, I can't do that. Oh, a game where you're solving puzzles in a dungeon, I can do that. Or maybe it was easier for you to remember the difference between a snake, a lizard, and a spider than between three different, slightly different-looking men who were actually board game pieces? Yeah, okay. The theming on this game is interesting to me because if this game had been, like, abstract icons an identical game but like abstract icons with no theming I probably would have played it for five minutes and then given up yeah really just because it's it's like so much of my interest in this game is that it feels like a character going on an adventure mm. okay like that's that's super important to me yeah. and and they managed to like to make it still feel like that despite the like despite the the fact that time doesn't move except when you move so like you can go through this animation where you're flipping a switch and the boulder like about to crush you doesn't get any closer you know that is so like that accepting that is so ingrained in me that it doesn't even count as suspension of disbelief anymore like <laughs> things being turn-based does not well i would, does not count as a thing that i have to but wouldn't you think flipping a switch would take time? Like, wouldn't that be a turn? It, it, it can't mechanically. Like, I totally understand why they do it because they, they can't let you change phase. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but yeah, it's weird. But thematically, it's weird because well, the spear, it's, the spear throwing for me was like, wait a second, I can just do this and it takes no time at all. Yeah, but yeah. it's only when you move, right? I mean, that's the rule. Yeah, time passes when you time move. Time passes and when it's you very move. Clear. Yeah. It's very. It's made very clear and. I but accept it, but throwing it is a spear weird. or flipping a lever seems like you're moving. Like obviously like you're, you're not animating. Changing. Your character yeah. is animating. Yeah, and, and I sometimes think that animation takes way longer than a right. move. Yeah, but I liked that they they had like multiple different kinds of animations for things. Like yeah, sometimes, sometimes they're weirdly slow. Like sometimes yeah. it's like oh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do a cool trick yeah. on this cliff yeah. instead yeah, yeah. of and it's yeah, really like it feels really nice. One in it's, every like it's, twenty times she does the handstand instead of just climbing up. <laughs> it's yeah, it's so like when good. you're it's like when you're a when you're a blood elf in World of Warcraft, and every once in a while when you jump, they do a flip. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I was I was hoping that there would be more of the like little bespoke sort of interactive bits in the environment. Like there is a beetle up in the upper left corner of one of the first I don't know five levels or something like that, and you can click on it, it makes a little noise, sort of moves oh, a little bit. I didn't. And see And I'm that. like, oh, that's so rad. And then I basically didn't ever see anything else like that. And I think yeah, they kind of front loaded the, that a little bit. Prize yeah, maybe. pots that you're tapping on are all the same thing. You know, I didn't. Uh... I was playing 
while Kevin was watching over my shoulder and I, I was like just going through the level and he said, oh, you're not bothering with the collectibles? And I was like, the what? And he was like, go back there. Tap on this. I was like, oh, Ruby found or Sapphire found one of 35. I'm like, oh, uh. yeah, no, the- I'm not bothering with the collectibles. I'm not going to go back through and just like that. That to me felt like a word find. <laughs> It's you know? the hidden image game. It is. Yeah, it's like a yeah. little hidden, hidden picture object game. And I don't mind. I honestly don't mind a hidden object game. Like, I'll sit and fuck around with a hidden object game for a little while if, like, somebody else is playing it. I mean, I've done that in the past, sure. right? But, like, it's clicking the, the, the things in the environment of this task, the environment of this game is just a task to perform. Like it's yeah. just well, it's it's it's, sort uh, of. it's noticing it. It's yeah, I mean, sometimes it's... they're presented really nicely. Like you'll make a move, and the way the parallax shifts in the background will reveal one that you couldn't see before. And, and it's only while you're in one particular square and you move again, and it's gone. Yeah. It's gone okay, yeah. okay, that, fair enough. It's, There's, I mean, the, like it's just, and it's it's like just sort of being aware of those. Sometimes they're like I would find them without actually having actually ever seen them because i would just tap an edge and it'd be like oh you found a ruby and, I'm well, like, I, and I feel like i i discovered this feature by accidentally tapping something and i i it's interesting to me that you did that just never happened to you that you never yeah. just accidentally tapped on a thing you that you got you got really far into the game without i feel like the first them. time i saw one of those urns i tried to tap on it and nothing happened but maybe yeah. it just misregistered the tap, the tap or yeah. something or yeah i don't know i Nothing about the game until you start being able to throw spears at stuff indicated to me that you could tap on anything hmm. to interact with it in the world. And, well, we, and we were talking and about this a little even... bit at dinner. Like my your interaction is like swiping as a control input to tell yeah. the lady to move in a way. What are you doing? Lara is not finding those treasures. Yeah, like, they're, they're, they're like, like across yeah, the world. They're popping out of an yeah. urn that she can't reach. <laughs> right. So like it. Who are you? Thematically. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's that's a philosophical question. Like, who are you in The Sims? I think you are the king of Venom. Of, of king of what? Sorry. <laughs> Venom. Venom. Yeah. Okay. Oh, you're, are you that giant snake? <laughs> no, no, no. You're the like, you're like the partner of the giant snake. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. I don't think that's. I, I, I don't think that's actually. I don't think that's. Maybe actually. you're oh, that beetle. Okay. Maybe that was a. Oh yeah, we should we on. should ask the lead designer of Lara Croft Go. Like, what what is your intention here? Who I mean, like in player? Starcraft, they call you Commander, right? They talk to you like you're a person, right? But you you are you often play third person games, and it you you notice things and can like you are having interactions with the world that don't make sense in the point of view of the character but you're meant to the character is still your avatar yeah like a lot of stealth games with third person cameras you're cheating by like putting the camera where you couldn't actually see right that sort of thing yeah for sure for sure and then there's the opposite happens where the character would be able to see something but the player can't right this is just weird because 
there's obviously an avatar for the player represented on the screen, but then suddenly there are these things in the environment that you, the player, are interacting with outside of the character's control or knowledge yeah. necessarily. And that's weird, right? Like being able to see around a corner does not strike me as as weird as being able to like break a vase. <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Maybe, like, maybe Lara with your mind. Croft is both psychic and telekinetic. <laughs> yeah. Or like you're you you are playing Lara Croft and the ghost that secretly guides her movements <laughs> by being able to like see further ahead into the level than she can. Right, because her point of view is not represented. Like she's often just facing a wall. She doesn't know that she needs to go back and forth a couple times because she can't see the bl- she didn't look at it. The marketing material for Tomb Raider games would always refer to Lara as the person you are not something to identify with, but someone to guide and control like a puppet. Really? Yeah. Like Lara, Lara Croft is, is some, something to, to ogle rather than to identify with. Was it because it was a female protagonist at a time when there were not many female protagonists? I think so. Yeah. I think the audience of this game is, is largely male. So we're going to So saying you are this person. So they felt like saying you are Lara Croft would be alienating and therefore they didn't want to do that in the marketing. Well, that is kind of gross and annoying. Yeah. Yep. Hmm. I mean, do you think they did that because that's what worked or because they thought that's what would work? Uh, maybe both. I, I don't know. I, I, I do think that the majority of consumers of Tomb Raider probably were men. So. I'm trying to think what the, I'm trying to remember any of the box copy on Uncharted. Huh? Because I don't know if it implies that you are, or what about like uh, Beyond Good and Evil? Right. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't remember ever seeing any promotional material for Beyond Good and Evil at all. Like it just, I remember it coming free with like cottage cheese or something. <laughs> what? I'm not. I am not. I'm not kidding. Like, it was something like, like that. Like you were eating your cottage cheese like, and you chipped a tooth on the seat. There was some sort of weird thing where you would buy. I am almost certain it was some sort of just random dairy product and get a copy of Beyond Good and Evil. What? It was like from the Nietzsche dairy. <laughs> I, I'm not like this is real, guys. It was it was probably Canadian dairy. It was probably like a, a deal with the Canadian government. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I do want you to look this up because this it sounds so improbable because that was a big budget game. Yeah, and but for it them didn't to be do giving away well. copies like, with yeah. a few years later, they totally could have been just like, yeah, let's put it here. Maybe it'll do something. But it was was it ever even a downloadable thing? Because it's like I think it was still only on physical media, right? I mean, it it was later a downloadable thing. It was on, on XBLA, for example. Oh, XBLA, huh? Okay, that's where I played it. Fair enough. I felt like to while while Zach is looking this up, I. Uh, I was just really appreciating the level design, how they would, they went out of their way to introduce new mechanics to you in a yeah. way that would be non-destructive, mm-hmm. right? Like the first time that you encounter one of those like uh, collapsible walls that when it breaks, you fall, they have you traverse it once to hit a lever and the only way to progress is to hit that lever and then you go back down and you see how you see what happens when you yeah. fall. Yeah, yeah. Um and they just did a really good job of letting you understand how the world works without being 
explicit yeah, they, about it. Yeah, never it never gives you a tutorial pop up or anything. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it uh, even tells you how to how to move. No, it doesn't. I, like that, the the very it just you sort of it dumps you in with that sort of kind of like zoom in, sort of pan zoom. Yeah, and th- shot, and, that, and that, then just leaves you there. That sort of level design is is considered to be good design, but uh, and I agree with that for the most part. But um, I, I having been playing Dark Souls recently, Dark Souls does the opposite thing where it kind of like over tutorializes. No, no, it instead of like teaching you a new mechanic in a way that uh, is harmless. It teaches you a new mechanic in a way that is like most destructive to you uh, or like is funny. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, which I, you know, it's a, a philosophical difference that like once you're in the mindset where like that isn't like an insult, which it like can easily be if you're used to, if you're expecting like to be, to be, you know, your games to be friendly, then like it, here's a, a photo of, Cheesehead cheese brand spring, string cheese, <laughs> which came with a free, free copy video game inside, which was a CD-ROM of Beyond Good and Evil. Wow, so it was I on did the not physical, fucking physical. dream this. It was free with cheese. <laughs> cheese heads? What? <laughs> That's incredible. What do you do? Do you have a? Is there a timestamp on that image? I think it said two thousand nine. Okay, it, this was yeah. some. This is some like post in the giant bomb wiki. Yeah, yeah. So this is like the game was like six years old at yeah. this point too. Which what the fuck? Uh, huh. That must be some some weird attempt to capitalize on like to get rid of a bunch of stock of CD ROMs or something. Yeah. That that's delightful. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm happy that's in the world. Cheese heads. Did you did you experience that firsthand? I, or it doesn't just, make any sense. I mean, because this says it only happened in Canada, and I'm not in Canada, nor have I ever been. When did yeah, you, when did you stop going to Canada, Zach? Well, uh, after the Vietnam conflict ended, there was no reason for me to be <laughs> hiding there anymore. Although I did move back for eight years while Bush was in office. Uh-huh. I didn't want to uh, have lied about that, you know. Um, I remember oh, a lot of my Democrat friends like saying they were going to move to Canada if Bush got reelected. Right, and then none of them did. And none of them did, like it, uh, for obvious reasons. But <laughs> <laughs> you say that you you say that so lightly. But are you are you? Does that mean you're being disparaging of Canada or your friends or both? Kind of, kind of both. Okay, all right. <laughs> um, but my question is, where do Republicans go when Democrat presidents get elected. Oh, well, that's even funnier, actually, because they also say Canada. Not, <laughs> yeah, not people are going to go to Canada, that Canada because of Obamacare. Yeah, uh, yeah. Fuck the yeah. socialized medicine. I'm going to Canada. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. pretty good. You could go to Mexico and just become uh, a drug lord. A drug lord, yeah. Yeah. You know, I do want to take a minute to to just say... I don't like being old because it means I'm going to die soon. Mm-hmm. But one thing that I do like is being too old to get drafted almost certainly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, the, there would have to be some serious shit going down for the government to call on us. <laughs> what? I mean, it, 
I, I think more likely what's going to happen is that the civilization will just collapse. Will just collapse, yeah. So and then everybody you'll have will to fight. Be at war everybody will be fight. For, will fight for survival. Everybody yeah. will be drafted into the skeleton war. Oh man, man! Now I want to get drafted. <laughs> I would. I would sign up voluntarily for that. Get there a was that trainer onion article that was like amount of water man uses to wash bowl will be fought over as a blood sport prize in the year 2026. (laughs) (sighs) It's funny because it's true. Did we decide on another assignment? I don't remember. No, we didn't. We we were not going to do Dropsy the Clown because it's not on mobile. There was that iOS app I suggested that I don't really know anything about, but it looked cool. That Galactic Keep thing, it's like yeah. a really complicated board gamey kind of thing. Yeah. I don't know that I have that in me. We could pick one at random from... Uh, Just pick something at random from the App Store. The App Princess Store. Dentist. Oh, oh God. <laughs> That's, that sounds so terrifying. Guys, we were not ready for this. No. This is, this is good. I hope you leave this in. Mm-hmm. There's a game called Dungeon Boss. That's probably pretty good, right? <laughs> Sounds good. I think it's uh, I think it's probably some horrible free to play garbage. Uh what else do we got? I can I I would say don't starve pocket edition, but um it won't run on iOS 7. What is that Sea Shine game? What is this? Dive into the abyss and an endless quest for survival. Hey, 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 Zach. Yes. Go to the forum where there's a, a oh, yeah. thread uh, for... Specifically for us. VGHD assignment suggestion thread. All right. The first iOS game. Zen Pinball for iOS. All right. Sold. All right. How do I search? We're going to play some iOS pinball games. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Guys. That's actually... This is... It's, it's very different than what we've We've never playing. done a pinball game, I don't think. That's true. So. And, you know, I have some things to say about pinball. Are we going to do yeah. the regular or the eSports edition? Let's get our shit together, guys. I already We're going to get our shit together for next week. Christ. Is it... It's just free or is it one of those things where the... the it's probably the tables. To, yeah, the tables cost tables. money. There's probably some for free. Alright, installing now. Guys, I've had a fantastic time recording this <laughs> this episode of Video Games Hot Dog with you. And, and Kevin, if somebody wanted to send us a listener's mail for our listener's mail segment that we have done every week for hundreds of weeks, yep. how would they do that? They would go to our website, videogameshotdog.com, and they would find the form where you submit comments and hit, questions. Hit Control F and search for form where you submit comments and questions. Exactly. And I cannot fucking wait to record another one. Yeah. It's going to be good. Next week's, listeners, next week's will be good because we'll have a bunch of notes. I hope you will join us. And until you do, keep your finger on the microwave and keep idolizing the dryer. Fuck yes. <laughs> have a great week, everybody. Good night. Yeah, I was going to say, why choose? I bet you could get an ice cream corn bone taco pizza. I said corn bone.